Well, I'll go back to Deuteronomy 28, and we're talking about uh, divine surprises. Everybody say, yippee! Yippee! I know there are people that uh, they spend all their time uh, reading Ezekiel and the judgment narratives, and their idea is that God just can't wait to knock the Christian into the next county as soon as they step out of line, and that's their surprise. But that's not the God that we know. The God that we know is the covenant-keeping God. Amen? And Deuteronomy 28 tells us, If you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God, all these blessings shall come up on you and overtake you. Come on, confess that they're overtaking me every day in every way. Uh, what do we do? We listen to His voice. We heed His voice. We honor His voice. His part is to come upon us and overtake us. And I like to call them divine surprises. He comes upon you, amen, even though the Word declares these things and you know what He has said in His Word. How I many you know it's always fun when He just does something that just comes out of nowhere? Just to remind you that He loves you, He's for you. Say, He's for me. He's not against me. Uh, Psalm 23, 6 talks about our stalker. Surely, surely is our stalker. Surely goodness and loving kindness shall Follow me all the days. How many days? All. How many days? All. all the days of your life, speaking of your natural life, and I will what? Then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So it only gets better, doesn't it? But here on earth, he is following us, not with judgment and condemnation. Our condemnation was, of course, paid for on the cross of Jesus Christ. We understand that there's no con condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, amen, but after the Spirit. He has atoned that. He has redeemed us. So what's left is, of course, the celebration of the goodness of God. So, you know, I'm, I'm okay if people don't want to believe that. If God's just waiting around the corner to bash them in the head every time they step in line, that's fine. They can believe in a God if they want to. But the God of the Bible is a God who is just and merciful and kind. And He doesn't arbitrarily do things to people just because He can. Are you here today? He is uh, he's giving us really a lifetime of surprises. And what I want to do tonight is talk to you about laying a foundation for walking in a lifetime of divine surprises. Uh, of course, a surprise is something that comes upon you suddenly and unexpectedly. It's something you didn't necessarily know was happening at that moment, but you were thrilled and excited about it happening. Um, these surprises are in every category and area of life. I'll review those for you here in a minute. Divine just simply means it originates from God. It's from God's origin or design. Say godly. Divine surprises. Amen. Raise your hand if you like surprises. How many know that even natural surprises are good, that are worked through natural people that you can see, you can hear, you can actually, you know, you know, hold and take, you know, in terms of your experience, you can actually see something physical. You can actually experience something that is here. Those are fun too. Now, birthday cake or, or some kind of gift or whatever it is. In the natural, it's fun. But how do you know if there's a divine element of this? Yes. It's a whole lot better than a cupcake. <laughs> Amen? Unless it's Sharon's cupcake, and then it's divine. Amen? <laughs> Praise <laughs> the Lord. Um, but how much better are the divine surprises God has for you. So we talked about this last week, and we know the what uh, of a surprise in terms of the promises of God. If you spend time in the Word of God, you know what He promises. You know why He would do divine surprises, and it's because of the covenant in general. The covenant is sacred, and it's irrevocable. Say that with me, it is sacred and irrevocable. The why is because He's a covenant-keeping God. It's not because we're all that great, it's because what? Because he is great. But what you and I don't know, and are not entitled to know, basically, these would include things like the how. And when you start trying to tell God how he's going to do a divine surprise, you get into trouble because you're not God. The how is up to him. Are you here today? The where is at his discretion, and the when is at a time that he ordains. And you'd be amazed how many people start out excited when they first hear about the righteousness of God that He has given you. He took your sin, amen, and gave you His righteousness. 
when they first hear about the uncompromised Word of God, when they first hear about the Spirit-filled life, when they first hear about the authority of the believer, when they, when they first hear about the power of your words, when they first hear about the power of seed time and harvest, they're thrilled. But then something about that mind wants to begin to dictate how it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, and when it doesn't happen. Exactly how they think it should happen. They get all upset and they throw down their faith. I can't tell you how many people made it a few weeks, a few months, a few years in these things and then turned their back on them because in their eyes these things didn't work. Well, the, broad, the bottom line is these things do work. I tried that faith stuff and it didn't work. No, faith tried you and you didn't work. But no one wants to admit that. And what happened was, it's not that the Word doesn't work, it's not that it's not true, it's not that they weren't on the right track, it's that they began to try to figure out the how, the where, the when, and that's when they got upset and they got off track. Are you here? Um, you know, you think about any great breakthrough in anybody's life, uh, they didn't exactly have the exact timing of that. In fact, there's going to be a surprise coming to this earth soon, I believe. Um, trumpet of God's going to sound, and that's going to be like God saying, surprise. I, I told you, but, <laughs> but we don't know. Do I know the what? Yes. The resurrection of the believer and the rapture of the church. I know the what? Do I know the why? Yes, because of the covenant keeping God, because of the redemption. But do I really understand how he's going to do it, amen, where he's going to do it, and when he's going to do it. I don't have the details. And I certainly explicitly don't have the when because that is banned directly in Scripture for us to speculate on. And what do people do? They do it anyway. There's some organizations spent millions of dollars put billboards up to say, hey, he's coming such and such a date. And then, of course, when that date didn't happen, they took those billboards down and put some other up with the adjustment on it. Um, just spend your money, amen, living your life and advancing the gospel, amen, and don't try to tell God how to do what he does. But what a surprise that's going to be. Yes, it is. Amen. Uh, if you're not saved and you're on an airliner with a pilot and a co-pilot that are both born again, and just for the record, airlines typically don't get into people's business and say we're not going to have two evangelicals in the same cockpit. So the fact, the fact is, there will be evangelicals in the cockpit that will both disappear. So I would advise you, if you are not going to serve God, take pilot training soon, if you're going to fly. Because <laughs> whoever's left and they ask, is there anyone here that has commercial pilot's license or experience, you're going to have to know, at least know how to land the plane. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> or get saved and you can go up with them. Uh, if you think about it this way, an airline pilot is already closer than we are, amen, <laughs> wherever that is, praise the Lord. So I, uh, I'm looking forward to that surprise. And I know what it is, according to the Word of God, and I know why he's doing it, but I don't have the details. Now watch this. Um, this is just an example. I often will use the example, how many believe you're going to heaven, first of all? How many are born again and you know you're going to heaven? How many believe that? Amen. How many have lost? You have loved ones that you lost to death, but God gained them to what? To eternity. How many believe that's real and they're there? Right. Um, there's a reason why no one can talk you out of your belief that you're going to heaven. You've heard a thousand times. You believe it with all your heart. And as Brother Osteen used to say, we couldn't take a baseball bat and beat you to a pole, beat you to a greasy spot. A greasy spot would pop up and say, "I'm going to heaven in Jesus' name." Why? Right. Faith comes by hearing. See that? And hearing by the word of God. Right? How many believe that? Yes. Now, how many believe he's coming back? Yes. Yes. How many believe he's coming back? Yes. You believe he's on his way? You yes. believe it's sooner than when we first believed? Yes. Right? It's the same principle. Uh, I believe that most people, and probably everyone in this room, you, you deeply believe you're going to heaven, and you deeply believe that he's coming back. You believe in the rapture of the church. Right? And look how long you've been waiting for it. Look how long the church has been waiting for it. When Paul wrote these words in Thessalonians, he wasn't thinking in 2,000 years he'll come back. He was expecting the imminent return of the Lord, even in his time. 
These fellows expected him to come. I mean, just as they, he went up, they expected him to be back in a few days. I mean, there are a lot of theologians that believe they literally expected him to come back in a matter of days, not centuries. And yet, historically, the church has maintained its confidence and its belief in the resurrection of the church. Amen. And the rapture. Now, people debate the timing of that. But again, it goes back to what I just said, right? It's none of your business. Your business is what? Believe God. Regardless of what you believe, I actually believe that uh, I'm going before the wrath of God is poured out on this planet. Because I've not, been, I've not been appointed to suffer wrath according to the Word of God. In the story. But you can stay if you want to. But the important thing is, you better be ready whenever the trumpet blast happens. Now my point is, you, you believe that and the church historically has and has not let, let go of it. That's the way you've got to be about all the promises of God if you want divine surprises. You can't let go of something because you got disillusioned over the when, you know, or the how or the where this was going to go. And I tell you, people do this all the time. As long as, listen, as long as you're armed, you'll find people who once believed just like you, strongly like you, but because they couldn't see the how, the when, or the where, they gave up on it. Turn to somebody and say, don't throw it on your faith. You've been told up front, this is not your department. Amen? Your job is knowing the what and the why. Know what the promise says and know the why of that. You know, the how and the where and the when, none of your business. Amen? All you have to know is that I don't have to have all the details about how he's going to do it. I just know he's going to raise the dead. I don't have to know all the details. I just know that he's going to rapture the church. Does any of us have any understanding whatsoever how God's going to release his power and mechanically do this? Not a clue. There's nothing in the Bible that tells us about the mechanics of how he's going to do it. So what are we going to do? Trust God or get put out because we haven't figured it out yet? 2,000 years, the church hasn't figured it out, and the church is not going to figure it out. That's where trust and confidence and faith and belief in God come in. Amen? So when's he going to do it? When he's, when he's ordained it. There's a thing called set time. Say with me, set time. There's a set time for the rapture. And I mean, that's going to be a wonderful surprise. Everybody's going to be surprised. Not just us. Say it with me. Everybody going to be divinely surprised. And that may be the best one we ever experience. Hallelujah. Although he's got more for us on the other side. Uh, it's ordained. But it's not just the rapture. It's not just the resurrection that is set. There are so many things in your life that are set. There are divine uh, surprises for you all along the path of your life. Let me just repeat this list of types of them for you, because you may not have been here last week or listened to it. All I know is the Bible says in Psalm 72, 18, Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone works wonders. We need to get our wonder back, don't we, church? Psalm 77, 14, You're the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. There are surprises of provision. I think the feeding of the 5,000 would fit that, don't you? Uh, when you take a few fishes and a few loaves, Rick Renner says, a few sardines and a few club-sized crackers, and you feed the multitude. I mean, everybody was surprised that day. And we know even the disciples were surprised by what happened. Surprises of protection, surprises of direction, surprises of promotion, surprises of revelation, surprises of preservation, surprises of restoration, I mean, glad that God still heals and does miracles and delivers people. Surprises of visitation, encounters with God's presence and glory. The God of the breakthrough. Number nine, surprises of impartation, anointing, gifts, and abilities. Surprise associations, number 10. I'll just repeat them for you. Provision and protection and direction. Promotion. Revelation, preservation, restoration, visitation, impartation, and association. I mention this uh, because when God sends somebody across your path that brings you up, how many know that was a divine surprise? How many know the devil can send people across your path and bring you down? Amen. 
Let me give you the characteristics of divine surprises and then get into how to experience a lifetime of divine surprises uh, yourself. And uh, let your mindset be right here. Let your mind be renewed to just how good God wants to be in your life. Come on, say, He is good. He has nothing but good for me and nothing but good for you. Number one, they come throughout the entire span of a believer's life. I don't care how old you are or how old you live. As long as you're on this planet, there will always be divine surprises for you. The best is yet to come for you. I want you to seize those words because the Bible backs that up. If you don't believe that, when you get to heaven, talk to Abraham and Sarah when he was 100 and she was 90 and the, the doctor came in and said, surprise, it's a boy. <laughs> 90 and 100. Uh, he is well able to do anything as long as you're on this planet. Amen? Say divine surprises throughout my entire life. Why bring that up? Because some people just, uh, they kind of just set themselves on a shelf and say, well, God's done all he's going to do in my life. He's never going to use me. He's never going to move through me. He's never going to give me anything. He's never going to deposit anything. Those are all lies in the pit of hell. That's the sound of somebody who's become discouraged in the things of God. I'm telling you, you could have another surprise in your doorstep tomorrow. Something can happen this week. One of these could manifest in your life just to remind you that God's still working in your life. Say it with me. All my life, He's going to surprise me with good things. Amen. And if you're really young, well, you have a long time of being surprised. Um, and not only that, you also have revelation to back this up. A lot of us didn't believe these things when we were, you know, we were young. Amen. Our minds weren't renewed. Some of us were taught the only thing we're going to get from God is judgment and condemnation. The other shoe's going to drop. Raise your hand if that's the thing you heard a lot of. Well, you've got to get your mind renewed to that. Can God judge? Yes. Will he judge the nations? Yes. Does he judge wickedness? Yes. But your sin's already been judged in Jesus. There's nothing but the blessing column left for you. And to the extent that you line up with him and his purpose and his will for your life, you're going to see divine surprises. But judgment and condemnation is not in your future. Amen. Number two, they reflect God's nature of goodness and covenant kindness. They reflect God's nature of goodness and what? Covenant kindness. Is judgment in his nature? Yes, but it's been satisfied in Christ for you. The one that rejects Christ is the one that needs to be concerned about the divine surprise of judgment. Because it's coming. But you're a child of God. Amen? So you are to be surprised by his goodness and his covenant kindness. If you don't believe that, when you get to heaven, talk to Mephibosheth. He certainly thought his life was over. Crippled from a boy and hiding, thinking any day, here comes the other shoe. The man of God is going to pursue me and take me out just like the rest of the family was taken out. And there he sat. No hope. Living in a place called what, church? Lodabar, which means no pasture, no fruit, no victory, no peace, nothing. He literally lived in what we would call a slum today. Slum living. But there was a person who was moved by the covenant kindness of God and he required that somebody go out and find out if there is some, you know, someone in the line of Saul that he could show covenant kindness because of his covenant with, with Jonathan. And they found him. And Ziba told him about it. David said, go get him and bring him back to my table. He'll always eat at my table. You'll farm the land. The lands of his uh, grandfather will be restored to him. How do you understand the day he walked into that palace, he was divinely surprised? With what? Not death, not destruction. But there he sat the rest of his days with King David at his table, under his authority, under his protection. No one's going to touch him. And somebody else farming his land, taking care of everything. Just like that, divine surprise. How many know Ziba went around that night? I mean, Mephibosheth went around that night saying, you know what? That was a surprise. Instead of him killing me, he restored me. Amen. Divine surprises reflect God's nature and goodness and covenant kindness. Number three, they come on God's timing and through a method of his own choosing. If you don't believe that, 
when you get to heaven. You're going to have a long list of conversations when you get to heaven. <laughs> if you don't believe that, then talk to Joshua and ask him about the plan God gave him about marching around the city seven times. Does it make any sense to the natural mind? No. But the method seemed to work because what happened? When they did what they were told, and they walked around, and they lifted up a shout, what happened to the walls? They fell down. Did that make any sense? You can just hear the people. We know. Look at somebody say, we know how people of God are. By the second lap, they're grumbling. Let's go and try to find Moses' grave and resurrect him. This is ridiculous. This young whippersnapper, walk around, walk around, walk around. Here we go again, walk around. But you know, he wisely told them to keep their mouths shut. So whatever the grumbling they were doing was all the inside. One lab, two labs. And you don't necessarily understand the, uh, the geography of it all, but it wasn't like walking around this church seven times. And not only that, there are people watching you walk around. And in any moment in time, they could launch an attack, a preemptive strike against you. But you're just a walking. Look at somebody and say, just a walking. And what happened when they were done? Walls fell down. They took the city. It was dedicated unto the Lord. Surprise. Amen. I love the story of, of Gideon because he's not going to get uh, 10,000 men or 2,000 men. How many is going to get? He's going to get 300 to take an army. How big? Tens of thousands. And here's what you're going to do, Gideon. Everybody's going to have, the, they're going to have their sword and they're going to have a lantern. And you're going to, you know, all prepare yourself and situate yourself according to my plan. And then you're all going to throw down those lanterns and scream. And in doing that, you're going to defeat this massive army. Huh? Surprise, what happened? I, I'm kind of interested to know what it looked like if you were on the inside of the camp. It looked like and sounded like you were being assaulted by tens of thousands simultaneously. And things were already on fire. You're out of your head in terror by now. Amen. Come on, say it with me. The timing and the method belong to him. Amen. Say it with me. Faith doesn't tell time. Doesn't look at the watch. Doesn't look at the time on the iPhone. Doesn't look at the calendar. Doesn't look at the checkbook. Faith just looks at what did God say. Even if it looks very stupid to your carnal mind. And lots of times, God's methodology will seem stupid to what? The carnal mind... But God's ways are not your ways. Amen. All that matters is that it's God's plan, because if it's God's plan, it's an anointed plan. Surprise, Gideon wins. I, I imagine it, Gideon was just as surprised as everybody else. This really worked. <laughs> Let's put this in our war book. You know that? <laughs> Amen. Number four, they come through the release of faith. And that just simply means it's one thing to believe in your heart. It's nothing to act on what you are told. I think when Peter, when I get to heaven, I want to have a few conversations with him. But if you don't believe me, just ask Peter what it was like to step out of the boat on what? One word. Come. And you can just see him. Now, what are the other 11 doing? He's going to sink. He's going to get wet. <laughs> um, we might lose him tonight. Amen. Do you have anything to say to Peter? You better say it to him now. Because he's going to step out of that boat. We're never going to see him again. But he steps out. And what do you know? What was he thinking when he did? Surprise. I'm walking on water. No one was more surprised then than he was. But how did he get to enjoy that divine surprise? By releasing his faith, by stepping on the word that he heard. And women did a terrific job explaining, you know, the dynamic of why some people won't tithe because of that mind-blinding spirit in that block. You could hear this message all day long. How many like financial divine surprises? Anybody at all? Raise your hand if you like it when God surprises you and does a financial thing. Or it's just one of the kinds. It's what a divine surprise of provision, right? 
But connected to that is what we're supposed to do. So we tie and then we give and we sow and we thank God and we stay in love and we praise the Lord. Amen. And then we have divine. So I love divine surprises of all kinds. But it's really kind of cool when you've been seeking God about something and out of nowhere, here comes this harvest. If I say divine surprises. But I'm not surprised in the sense that God did something because if you tithe and you give, you have sower's promises, right? And you have tithers' rights. We know the what and we know the why. But my release of faith, right, in the direction of the divine surprise is when God blesses me, I honor him with the first thin dime of every dollar and whatever else he says. And listen, I don't have a problem with whether it's net or it's gross, amen, the first fruits is not net. The first fruits is on my, on my gross. In other words, I honor God before Uncle Sam gets in my pocket. Why? Well, that's religion. No, it's a principle of honor. They'll take some of my money and fund abortion clinics with it. God will take that and advance the kingdom with it. I'm going to give off of what? That's, a, that's about revelation. It's about honor. It's about obedience. It's about positioning myself for a divine surprise. And then there's some people that if they get, you know, get paid you know, you know, $510, they are going to tithe exactly to the penny. Because I wouldn't want God getting more than he deserves. And yet you'll round up for this and you'll round up for that. I'm preaching better than the choir is responding to me tonight. I don't mind doing what? Going beyond that, because it's all a matter of, of honor. So then God turns around and does something, opens up a door, here comes the empowerment, or here comes the favor. Say we have blessing is the power. Favor is the opportunity. I don't get surprised when God does something like that in the sense of, well, I, can't, you know, I, I really didn't believe for that. Yeah, you did because you stepped out in faith and did what you're supposed to do, but you didn't know what. You didn't know the how, you didn't know the means, you didn't know the where, you didn't know the when. But divine surprises are activated because you have a lifestyle of stepping out in faith. Amen. Say it. I'm a faith person. Faith is not just believing. Faith is believing enough to, to do something about that. But isn't it fun when he, when he surprises you? Just out of left field, something happens. Amen. And like I shared with, with Jerry and the Jesse story about the lady they helped at that conference that time, you know, he may do something and you may not be able to connect the dots, but how do you know he'll help you if you, if you need him to help you? What you want to do, listen carefully, you want to sow so much you can't keep track of it all. That's what I'm talking about. That's the foundation. You know, write down a little ledger, oh God, you owe me this, I'll stop that. Amen. We're, we do it as a lifestyle. Say, I am a sower, not a part-time planner. So it's not a problem when all of a sudden you're believing God for something and, and, and you just, you sow so much you can't keep track of it. But you know who is? Amen. God doesn't need QuickBooks. He just, <laughs> he, he just knows. Amen. And here comes the divine surprise. Well, I'm telling you, there are a lot of people in this church that have set themselves up for, for great divine surprises in the provision realm. And you're going to be glad you did that before anything happens economically in this nation. Good or bad, you want to set yourself up to be okay. Come on, shout it out with all your might. It's going to be okay for me. Come on, say it's going to be okay for me. I don't like $455 a gallon because it, it diminishes what I can do, you know, somewhere else. Except God, but God. Does that make sense? Uh, I'd rather sow and rather give and rather bless. But it doesn't matter. That's not the basis for you. you. You're like Isaac. Amen? Imagine Isaac's mentality. You want me to stay in a land where everything in the ground has died. And there's no water. You want me to stay here and plant. Don't you know he was surprised that he reaped a hundredfold in the same year in a land that did not grow for anybody else? Come on, say it. Divine surprises. But what did he have to do? He had to believe God enough to act on it. That's the craziest thing God ever heard. My life. I'm going over here to this land that's green. You know what happened? He can go over there and the, and the water can turn off on him. The blessing is where you're supposed to be. Can I have a good amen tonight? So they come through the release of faith, acting on what you say, 
you believe. Amen. Number one, they come throughout the entire span of a believer's life. Shout it out. There's more to come. <laughs> come on, say it like you believe that. There's more to come. More divine surprises. I tell you, people, I've watched this get to a certain point in age and think, that's it for me. God's done with me. God's not done with you. If you're breathing, you're a candidate for another divine surprise. You take charge over your thinking. And then I met people when they're 15, 16 years old, they think that way. God's done with me. There's nothing else good going to happen. Or 20 or 30. It's a sad thing to see people do that. Uh, you know, there are people that are in uh, horrible pain and in circumstances, and they're the thralls of depression, and they can't see out because of the darkness there. But there are a lot of people who just, they throw things away in their lives because they can't see God do anything else in their life. Well, he's not done with you. Amen. So why are you saying this? I'm saying this tonight by divine prophetic utterance. There are people even in this room watching online, and God is not done with you. There are divine surprises out there waiting for you. And you need to get them. They don't need to be given to somebody else. They're yours. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them, get your hands off my divine prizes. Get off. Back off. <laughs> Say it, they're mine. They reflect God's nature and goodness and covenant kindness. They come on God's timing and through a method of his own. They come through the release of faith, acting on what you say you believe. And number five, they are hindered by factors that we can completely control. Say that we can completely control. And I'm going to give you these four, and then we segue into the rest of this message as uh, we have time. Say it with me. They're hindered by factors that I can control, which means I don't have to let them hinder me. I don't have to let them cause me to lose out when it comes to divine surprise. If you don't believe that, just when you get to heaven, I believe the rich young ruler made it. Some theologians believe he was one of the early church apostles or disciples. That's all up for debate. I do believe he made it. I do believe he heard enough and had enough connection with Jesus that he believed. But what he missed out on was an apostolic ministry. And Jesus told him to do what? Go sell all you have, give to the poor, and do what? Come follow me. And what does the Bible say? He went away sad. But watch what it said. He went away. He went away sad. Now watch the hindrance here. Um, I have to do this to follow God. I have to, okay, um, I'll weigh it. I'll decide I'm not going to do it. Well, if he'd have stayed around for the rest of the sermon, he would have found out that there was the promise of the hundredfold in this life. He wasn't losing anything. This could have been completely prevented. The hindrance was his own design, and he fell for it. Make sure that's not the case with you. Number one is disobedience. No one can make you disobey God. Therefore, no one can make you miss out on a, on a divine surprise. But your disobedience can uh, disobedience just simply means in this context we either honor the voice of the Word and the voice of the Spirit of God talking to us, or we don't. And if we have a, a foundation and a lifestyle of obeying Him, we're setting ourselves up for divine surprises. Just like with your sowing, don't even necessarily keep track of it. Just ask God to bless your life and be done with it. The same way with obedience, don't try to keep track of all your little obediences. Just obey Him. Amen? And that means what the Word says, the express written Word of God, but also the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because to reject what the Spirit tells you is disobedience. Disobedience to whom? To God. The Holy Spirit and God are what? Are one. So if He convicts you or prompts you or corrects you or directs you or instructs you, what should you do? You yield to it. And you say, well, you know, uh, I, I, you just told me to go over to that person and share a short message with them about the mercy of God. That's not in the Bible. I don't have to obey that. You have to obey the Bible, and you also have to obey the spirit of the Bible. That makes sense? Um, you see this in Scripture. Um, there's nowhere in the Bible in Jonah's day that says, Jonah, go to Nineveh, love God. He didn't get a piece of mail from the post office. 
open up the mailbox, and there it is. Dear Jonah, go to Nineveh, love God. But he did have what? God himself verbally tell him to go. And what did he do? <laughs> he didn't, and then he was swallowed. Dr. Barkley doesn't call the whale judgment. He calls the whale transportation. <laughs> Back into the will of God. And this time, what did he do? Jonah went to the mailbox and got another letter. And it said, Dear Jonah, I said go to Nineveh. Love God. And he did, and great things happened. You know, you and I uh, sometimes think, well, I disobey God because of this, or I disobey God because of this. It's just nonsense. That's just making excuses and rationalization. Nobody can make you disobey God. Amen? I don't want to forgive them. Look what they did to me. I'm not going to walk in humility towards them. Look what they did. No. You are making a decision to compromise what God has out there for you. And it's not what somebody else did. Amen. Number two is deception. We allow ourselves to be influenced or deceived off of our path. I've seen this a thousand times. The grass is always what? Greener. And the devil will even try to spiritualize you for it. Try to give you a spiritual reason why you're not going to do what God told you to do. Abraham was told to what? To leave his father, to leave his people, and go to a place that God would show him. Isaac was what? Told to do what? Stay. And the rule for the believer is not go and let's see if it was God's will, but crazy glue your rear end down until he comes and brings the solution to move you and push you out. That's the way a mature believer acts. Baby believers go by feelings and circumstance and conditions and whatever happens. We go over here. Let's just see what happens. That's the way an infant determines the will of God. But a person set up for divine surprises, they don't budge until God tells. And I'll tell you, I don't care how old you are in the Lord. And this is for some people. That I don't care how old you are, how long you've been serving God, the devil will still try that trick on you. Look at over here. Amen. Look at this opportunity. Look what you could be doing over here. Looky here. Looky, 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 looky. Look at somebody tell them, looky, looky, looky. And you need to be looking at the last word God gave you. Amen. Uh, if God wants you to do something, he's going to make it plain. Amen. The deception and the responsibility to deal with is ours. You don't want to lose the divine surprises God has because you got off your path. Because of a bell or a whistle or a voice. Amen. Yeah, but pastor, you know, it just looks more exciting over there. This is happening and that's happening. Kelly and I joked one time, this, somebody came to us and said, yeah, we're moving to this city because there's great shopping and restaurants there. I thought, well, that's a divine vision right there. Who could, I mean, as a pastor, how can you argue with that? And then you have the people that come to you and say, well, you know, God told us to do this. We'll see you later. Have a nice life. Well, if you're so confident God told you, then why couldn't you communicate that and submit that to counsel and prayer if it was really God? I'll tell you why. Because you don't want God's counsel. You've already made a decision. Amen. You just want to do it. Well, you can do that, but you're going to, you're going to miss some things. I can't believe that I'll miss some things in a, in a land like Isaac lived in. It doesn't matter the conditions. So what matters is are you in the will of God or not? That's how the blessing flows. <laughs> and so we, we've seen all kinds of this. So the point is for you and for me, is the devil would love to get you off your path and try to convince you that your divine surprises are here over there. No, the divine surprises are on the path that God's laid out for you. They're already there. And if you'll just stay on that path, you're going to run right into them. They're there. Come on, shout it out. They're there. I just need to stay on the path. So the devil will do whatever he can to scream and jump them down and get your attention and get you to act like a two-year-old, you know, and go over here based on your feelings or because you got your feelings hurt or because of whatever. And all the time, if you just kept on walking, you're going to run into something tremendous in your life. Amen. Come on, say it. All my divine surprises are on the path that God has for me, not that I have for me. Amen. You know, Miles Monroe used to talk about cemeteries and 
how they're filled with unfulfilled dreams and books that were never written and doctors that never were. Amen? And ministries that never developed. Graveyards are filled with stuff. Why? Because people decided to do their own thing. Do you know that the, the judgment of the believer is different from you know, the judgment of those who, who die outside of Christ? Do I understand that from the, from the Bible in terms of the teaching? And Brother Copeland received this revelation. It's so powerful. Brother, you know, the Lord told him one day, there was a, a cutout of you, like a cardboard cutout. Anybody ever been somewhere and you took a, a picture with Elvis or took a picture with John Wayne, you know, and whatever, with the cutout? It's kind of funny. <laughs> or you've been to to, met him to Toussaint or something like that and you took a picture with him. But he literally showed him that there is a cutout of, of Kenneth Copeland and what he is supposed to do in this life. And that cutout was of a prophet and a teacher. And that cutout in God's mind is the basis of your judgment as a believer. Your rewards and your crowns, as well as your future responsibility and what you'll be doing in the kingdom of God. Not a cutout that you created. Now, I don't know about you, but I had created my own cutout. You understand what I'm saying to you? And God has a cutout. The judgment of the believer is based on his cutout for you. So if you're on, if you're on the wrong path tonight, cut it out. I mean, <laughs> knock it off and get back on the right one because that's how he's going to evaluate your life. And there's still time to do it. How long does it take God to get somebody out of his will back on his path? Split second. Just say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Pick me up and put me back on the path. Physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, put me back on the path. That's where all my divine surprises are. Amen. And there comes a point in time where you realize that uh, if you had tried to fulfill that cutout, you might have had a semblance of a blessed life. But the ultimate blessed and best life is for you to live up to the cutout that God has for you. And if you don't fully understand what that is, just take step by step and stay in his will. Amen. There are just too many Christians that are self-directing. Now, you can do that, but you can't have all the divine surprises God has for you because self-directing, you're not going to find them. They're on a path that he has set for you. Amen. For young people, that means a relationship if they're supposed to be married. For married couples, that's the kids you're supposed to have. That's the, the path you're supposed to take, the things you're supposed to do. They're, they're laid out there. He's got good things for you. How do we know that? The Bible says he has plans to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. But not everybody's life looks the same. Amen. Um, most people probably don't want to have a baby at 100 years old. <laughs> Could you imagine that household? <laughs> well, Abraham, it's your turn to get up. <laughs> I'm a 100 years old woman. Leave me alone. <laughs> the conversations they must have had in that place. Amen. And I don't know what conversation Isaac had when he, when he told his wife, uh, where are you going today? I'm going to take Isaac up this hill and sacrifice him. We often talk about Abraham's faith. Mm-hmm. You can barely believe that, yeah. Okay, Daddy. Daddy, who's the wood for? You. <laughs> who's the rope for? You. Daddy, who's the knife for? You. Um, and yet... Whatever you say, Daddy, <laughs> it's okay, son, because if you're, you know, smashed in you know, pulverines and, and ashes, I'm believing God will raise you back up again, so it's all going to be fine. Um, it takes some faith to be a person of God, doesn't it? I'm mean, glad they all stayed on their path. You know, this whole thing could have been gone right then and there. If the man of faith decided to be a man, a natural man, instead of a faith man. Say it with me. Disobedience. Deception. Dissension. That means you get into bitterness, unforgiveness, and strife. Surprises come into our lives because we're walking in love. Walk out of love and you're walking off your path. Whatever God has for you won't manifest if you get into strife. Somewhere in this church there's been a sermon series on strife or offense a time or two. Yeah? Why? Because one of the devil's choice weapons is get a child of God out of the blessing of God. Your divine surprises are going to be hindered, and this is completely up to you. Nobody can make you stay bitter. It's a choice. It's a decision to maintain unforgiveness 
despite all that God has given us. And I'm telling you what, I don't care what somebody said about me or done about me. Um, I don't care what they have done about you or said you know, to you or behind your back. They are not worth your divine surprises. Come on, shout out. They are not worth my divine surprises. Say that I forgive them. I release them. I want God's best. I mean, you want to see them laugh at you? You want to see them have, you know, the final say? Let them take away the divine surprises from your life because you wouldn't forgive them. Amen. I've, I saw something very, very powerful that was written on social media one day. You know, sometimes God removes people from your life because he heard what they were saying about you. Meditate on that. You're pining about that person or that group or whatever. And the reality is they were there before you in the first place. And you didn't hear it. And maybe even your friends didn't hear it. And if your friends did hear it and didn't say anything, they're not your friends either. But guess who did hear it? And all of a sudden, you know, they're gone from your life. They've turned their back on you. They've walked away. You're, you're hurt over that and discouraged over that. And what you didn't know was God heard what they said, and God came to the place where I'm done. I'm no longer going to let that person come after my child, after my covenant child, my covenant person. And he's protecting you. It doesn't feel like that. And again, it goes back to him having all the knowledge and you having a little knowledge. You just need to get to the place where you just trust him. Amen. Thank God for the people in your life. Amen. And bless the ones going. Say like T.D. Jake says, you know what? You're in my life for a while. Praise the Lord. Now you're out of my life. Praise the Lord. I'm going to go on with my life. Amen. And that's hard if you're in covenant with people. It's hard if it's a spouse that turns their back on you. At the end of the day, though, you still have the Lord, don't you? Amen. So just, uh, you know, whatever you do, uh, the good things God has in store for you, don't let the devil rob you of your divine surprises because you got bitter, because you got into a place of unforgiveness. Let him go. And do not, whatever you do, do not spread your bitterness to other people. It's like saying, you know what, I have given up my divine surprises, and what I want to do is I want to make sure everybody around me gives up their divine surprises too. No one's going to say that, but that's going to be the result. When somebody tries to throw up their strife on you, run for the hills. You bless them. You love them. Amen. Don't hate them. But don't allow them to rob you of your divine surprises by sucking you into their offense. That's what you call dumb and dumber. Dumb is the Christian walking in offense. Dumber is the Christian who allows that person to pull them into that offense. Thank you for your enthusiasm over this revelation. Amen. And I'm Art Hines, and I approve of this message. Amen. Amen. I care about my divine surprises. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, I care about my divine surprises. So don't go throwing up on me. Amen. The fourth one is simply disillusionment. We'll park the bus here with, with this one. But all this means is, uh, you know, you got tired of waiting, you got tired of standing, you got tired of watching other people run into their divine surprises. Can I help you out here? Somebody else running into a divine surprise does not mean you're not going to run into yours. Amen. Well, Diane got a big divine surprise. Now I can't stand her guts. Amen. <laughs> and where's mine at? You know, I've been believing longer than her. I know her. If you knew her, you would say the same thing. I deserve the divine surprise, not this one over here. And there's 15 people getting their divine surprises, and there you are. Again, I'm preaching better than you're staring at me right now. Because you should not be envying somebody over how God has surprised them or blessed them. You should rejoice over them. When Rodney gets a divine surprise, the whole house should be thrilled. Not secretly going, he didn't deserve that. I've been walking with God longer than him. I pray more. See how arrogant that is? Maybe that's the problem with your divine surprises is the arrogance and the judgmentalism. No, you need to celebrate. You'd be amazed how many people got disillusioned and threw this message down and listened to me and threw the messengers under the bus with the message. You want to you wanna 
just shine for God. I tell you, the way to prove it out and the way to see, you know, you know, the believer in the end, uh, you know, justified in the situation, just, just keep believing God and living your life. You're running to divine surprises even if other people have given up on it. But there's a crew that, that they get disillusioned. They get tired because they don't see things happening. And then there's another group that gets disillusioned because they see things happening in other people's lives that they think aren't happening in, in, in theirs. Well, if you just keep on walking, you'll walk right into it. Amen. But celebrate. You'd be amazed how many people have gotten disillusioned because somebody else got a raise. Somebody else got a car they wanted. Somebody else got an anointing or ministry that they thought they should have. Somebody else got a title or position they think they should have. If you're mad because somebody else was elevated or promoted in a ministry, that's proof you shouldn't have gotten it. All you're going to do is tear things up, mess things up once you get into leadership because your spirit's not right. Amen. God blesses somebody with something material, then rejoice with them. Divine surprise. God opens up a door for them to buy a house. You should be rejoicing with them. Well, I've been believing God longer than they have. You're going to keep on believing too if you don't knock it off. Amen. I'm telling you, people have given up their entire path and destiny over these issues. Well, I'm not going to give up my divine surprises over getting disillusioned in other people's lives. No, I'm going to hang in there. See, it will be, I'm not yielding to tiredness or frustration, or envy. I'm staying on the path. Amen. Listen, disobedience, deception, dissension, disillusionment are all within your power to handle. And if you do, you're just going to keep on walking into divine surprises. Say, I'm excited about what God has for me. Come on, say, I'm excited. Let your face know now. I'm excited about what God has for me. Divine surprises. Divine surprises. Amen. Amen. Keep your faith on every single one of these categories and keep on expecting God to do what he's promised in his word. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will live, or I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God, and all these blessings shall come upon you. And what? And overtake you. Turn to somebody and say, you're not too old for a divine surprise. Come on, say it again. You're not too old for a divine surprise. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, give me a hand clap if you can tap into that and receive that today.